Okay, so, boys and girls, hello and welcome to the Made Me Watch podcast. This week, Brian made the mistake of saying, I'll watch anything, just pick the show and let me know. So, of course, I won't do that again. Yeah, I want true crime because he always has a pretty much a like a moratorium on true crime. And we picked a show on the ID channel called The Deadliest Decade, the 1990s, episode one. The eye roll is real. Lone Star. Season one of the show was the deadliest decade, 1980s. So, you know, it's on the ID channel. I'm not exactly sure when it runs. We watched it on uh, demand. So it's already to three episodes. So let me pull up my note. It's. Why don't we get your synopsis of this case? I don't really have a synopsis of the case because the case to me doesn't really matter all that much. It's a. The. ID is a channel that is the most clickbaity named channel on TV. All of their titles are the 90s, the deadliest decade. Killer couples. Killer couples. You know, how did I not, or how did I not get away with this? You know, why did I run? You know, and. For the record, those aren't real titles. No, those aren't real titles. Why did I run is a real show. I don't know if it's on ID or not. It's not on ID, no. But it's. It's like these clickbaity names, and it's all just to get you to sit there and, and, you know, waste an hour of your life and sucks you in. The problem is, is that the shows are mildly compelling, and it can suck you in for four, six, seven hours without you even realizing it, which isn't good TV. It's just zombie TV. This is him making fun of my snap marathons. I'm fine with it. I'm not making fun of anything in particular. I'm just, that's, it's trash TV. In my opinion. So the episode we watched is about a murder in... Texas. Houston, Texas. In a rich upper class area. In the Oaks area of Texas. It's where all of the, you know, rich oil guys, you know, the Bush family, um, pretty much anybody with money and substance in Houston is uh, lives in River Oaks. It's kind of like the Beverly Hills of, of Houston. Right. So the case is about a woman who uh, went to go get a specialty bat at that her daughter had left at home during a softball game. softball game and she went to go get it and she just never came back and her husband was paging her and calling her. But this was, you know, pre good cell phones. This was about 1997, I think they said when it happened. So there wasn't a lot of technology. I mean, everyone still had pagers. That was a thing that I vaguely only remember pagers for like a couple years. Do you even remember pagers at all? I I do remember pagers. I remember really, really wanting to have a pager. It was it was. A I thing. think I did have a pager. Yeah, and I never I never got one. I was I would think I was about a year or two uh, too late um, because right as I got to the age where it would be okay to get one, then they that, disappeared. They disappeared, and cell phones came out. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. I mean this this guy tried everything that he could to find his wife, but in reality, was he really trying to find his wife? No. No, no, he wasn't. Mm-mm. I mean, I guess we can just spoil alert the shit right here. Well, I mean, somebody dies. It's a case about murder. It's like the husband and the wife, and the hu- the wife went home. The husband's cheering or coaching his twin girls' softball game. It's the wife. The wife's always died. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a bad old Disney movie. Nine out of ten times, the wife is murdered by the husband. There's a little bit of speculation here. So the case goes on. Uh, one of the interesting people in this show is 
Skip Hollinsworth, who's like a huge, huge, well-known Texas crime writer. I actually listened to a podcast called All Crime, No Cattle, which is about Texas-based crimes, and they generally cite his articles. So it's pretty interesting. And the other guy, I, his name was Kevin Carr, and he was your favorite. He, the guy that talked like this. Yes. And he would say that he, he just there wasn't any reason for this guy to murder him. And if we have any listeners in Texas, they are gone now. That's fine. Bye, Elise. It's been fun. It's been real. But you know what? It's been a real good time, and it's been real fun. No words. So they investigated, and she, you know, he got home, and the door was open. So here's a pro tip for people that don't watch true crime. If you can't get a hold of your significant other, and you go home and the door's wide open, do what this guy did. He stayed outside. He called 911. He said, something's not right. Can you send police? And then he said, my daughter's in the car. I don't want them to see whatever happened inside. Something's not right. And he called for his wife. He tried to get her to respond. She didn't come out. So it wasn't like I was playing on the internet, which was very somewhat real at this point in life. And I lost track of time. No, he did everything right. He stayed by the car. He probably totally had involvement in killing her, but that's fine. That's what you should do. Don't trample through the house looking for your missing significant other because you know what? You're going to end up in jail because you might find the body, you might touch it, and you're going to end up in jail. You are suspect number one no matter what. And I'm looking like dead eyes at Bryant right now because just in case he ever does decide to murder me, these are the ways to get out of it. I I don't (laughs) find that funny at all. Um, He he gets real upset when I say things like that. That's not amusing in the slightest. If he ever comes home and something happened to me, this way he won't end up in jail. Just don't go into the house. If something doesn't seem right, call the cops. And really, even if you don't have someone missing and something doesn't seem right about your house, call the cops because nothing sucks more than walking into your house and finding out that it's been burglared. And then like the cops being, what? I'm what? just listening. I'm just listening. The eye roll is real. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about how if anything were to happen in this house... The person to to be suspicious of is you because you study this shit and take notes with a notebook on how. Okay, I don't these, take notes with a notebook. These... Are you insane? Don't talk over me, please. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't take notes. <laughs> oh my it's, there's, we, if there's ever to be an issue at this household, Leah Dunn did it. I absolutely did not. I do not have the stomach for murdering people. I do not have the patience for it. I'm definitely not smart enough to pull it off. I watch enough true crime to know no one ever gets away with it. So why would I even try? You watching true crime is like a football coach watching game film. That's not even true. We'll get into that later. You're wrong. You're just wrong. But anyway, if you come home and your door is open, call the cops. Don't go inside. Pro tip. It was Leah. From someone who's been robbed like three times now. The whole time. (sighs) Anyway... So she was murdered. Shocker. This is what killed me about this whole case was that they said originally that there were several gunshots to the head and body, which, you know, is typical overkill. And then they clarified later that there was seven shots to the head and five to the body. That is a lot of shots to the head. Yeah, that's a lot of anger. That's unnecessary. You're you're pretty pretty well dead by the first shot to the head i think it was a shotgun too or it's just like it was a it was a 22 it was a 22 that's right i mean to be honest shooting somebody with a 22 may take 15 shots to kill him because it's not a very high caliber round and it's just your basic quarrel hunting rifle just don't shoot someone in the face yeah that's that's or just don't shoot people in general i like the actual police video that they shot 
Like they showed, and this is kind of unique. Most true crime shows don't show the actual video that the police have. They did. And it was very 1990s shot with like a VHS. It, wa- it was, it was very circa OJ Simpson. Right. And they were saying that this happened right around the same time as OJ. Yeah. Makes so sense. it kind of got lost in the muddle. Yeah, because Enron was top of the world then, and Bush had just gotten out of office and moved into the neighborhood. Right, and she had pictures with, like, Barbara Bush, and that was, like, her AOL chat photo was, like, oh, my God, it's me and Barbara Bush. Yeah. So then they go on, and they kept talking about her husband, whose job was invested in real estate, which... If you're not a real estate agent and you're not a landlord and they just say your job is invested in real estate, you are doing something illegal or you're mobbed up. You're 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 definitely a made man. I don't think this guy was made, obviously, because he was too stupid to be yeah. made. But well, he, he was, was much smarter than than a real estate investor. Yeah. In that sense. He was a bookie. Yeah, he was just he was just your average run of the mill bookie with high end connections. So he was taking higher end bets ver- versus, you know, somebody that's out on the street corner taking numbers, right? Or or somebody running numbers. Right, and I guess he was known as the bookie that won't hurt you. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he he set him I, I he set himself up the way that he did his business mm-hmm. and the way that his demeanor was throughout his lifetime and throughout his career as a bookie to where this kind of it's it's like he was a sociopath the entire time. Right. Getting you know, putting the puzzle pieces in place so that the murder didn't come back on him. Right. Do you know the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath? No. I did. I listened to a whole book about it. It got very confusing. I, I just don't know, remember. I know a sociopath will do will do things without any recognition whatsoever of the emotions or consequences on the people around him right so psychopaths i think i don't remember the difference i'm like trying to pull it i just listened to the book about columbine and they did a whole chapter about this because dylan no eric Harris was a sociopath and some people argued that he was a psychopath really they're kind of the same things a lot of times the difference is just like if you're talking to a shrink or a police officer they call them different things right but from what I can tell they're kind of the same things and I'm sure somebody will email me and tell me I'm an idiot which I know say well no just send me an email it's fine you can call me an idiot I'm cool with it but yeah so basically it set up this huge business he had like multiple safety deposit boxes and multiple banks filled with cash he had a safe in his office filled with cash and lo and behold the marriage isn't working out they are getting a divorce it was talked about like the most amicable divorce ever which generally is also a huge red flag that something's wrong and then it turned out that she was kind of um blackmailing him yeah that was me trying to suppress a yawn okay ma'am that was a really weird face (laughs) yeah i I mean it, it happens she but she wasn't all that all that innocent herself right it turned out with more investigation that she was playing around on dangerous chat rooms <laughs> she was on those dangerous chat rooms on aol america online right on dial-up in the 90s and uh she had a boyfriend and her boyfriend lived in new jersey so he was not like a that she had a bar can go see you tomorrow night kind of boyfriend it was a completely emotional relationship i think i probably know the answer to this but were you an aol chat kid I was actually a prodigy chat kid. What does that mean? So prodigy, I grew up in a very tech-friendly household. My dad's an engineer and he loves technology. He built me computers and things like that. But yeah, no, prodigy was the precursor to AOL. Oh. And 
before AOL really became a national company, you had Prodigy. And if you had Prodigy, you were like one of the only people on the internet. And I was a Prodigy kid. I was in the chat rooms when I was... Oh God, I must have been 11 or 12, even younger than that, because I had my own computer in my bedroom when I was in eighth grade. But yeah, so I was a prodigy kid. And then when we upgraded to American Online, I became an American Online chat kid. And then we switched to something else and Yahoo chat kid. And yeah, I was definitely an internet kid. Yeah, I would say 12 to 13 pretty much was was AOL for me. It was kind of, it, it was <laughs> it's kind of funny because we would leave like, our group at school, mm-hmm. we would, we would like, we would, at the end of the day, we'd be like, okay, so what time are you getting on AIM? And then right. like, we'd have chat dates with each other. And it was like, an, ooh, you're, you're chatting. And then you had that whole thing where like it was dial up. So if you didn't yep. convince your parents to get a second line, like me and my brother did, cause my brother was a big computer gamer. So he needed like to go to the land party with his friends. He needed that internet access. So, Yep. We had a second dedicated internet line, which was nice. And then, like, the minute we were able to get DSL, we got it. And uh, that's as far as my parents are allowed to go because where they live, they still can't get better than DSL. That sucks. We were we we evolved rather quickly with that from dial-up to DSL to right. T1 to whatever. Yeah. It was it, – we were very on top of it. We tried to be. Technology-wise. We tried to mostly because be. my dad worked would work from home a lot of times, right? So he would have like an actual like replica of his work office, right, at the house, full with desk phone and all the things, all the things. So you know, we, we had good internet. What can I say? I was privileged. Yeah, I mean, we definitely tried. My mom also worked from home at that point, and uh, yeah, my parents just lived by a bunch of freaking. <laughs> radio towers so yeah and it they was, still can't get half decent internet yeah it's it's you, you when you think back on the level of patience that it required to use a computer back then it would if if it was still if things had stayed the same i don't think that we would have evolved to what we have technological technology technologically thank you yep that one um did it all by yourself real proud of you uh, you know (laughs) you win one you lose some it's all good but it's that like there would there wouldn't be iphones no because when you had limewire and it took you like 30 minutes to download a song not even it took you like two hours to download a song you had no patience for that i do love that even like the, the guys um kevin carr your your buddy was talking about these evil chat rooms and like it's totally the same way old people talk about the internet now. Oh, yeah. And I'm definitely on the spectrum of older. Like, I'm not 15 or anything, you know? <laughs> but obviously, I was around in the 90s, and I remember AOL and Prodigy. But, yeah, like, listening to people, like, my managers at work, when they when they just try to understand how the internet works, I just, like, want to leave. And I think you said it this morning. You're like, some people just shouldn't have the internet. <laughs> no. There, it, there should be... It should be, like, a library pass. Yeah. <laughs> but... And with late fees and and all that you only get a certain amount of it, it it's kind of like when younger kids now are talking about like how frustrating it is when their 4g goes out it's just like do you not remember all the viruses you got from limewire seriously okay <laughs> Lime, i'm limewire is responsible or i am responsible for using limewire but limewire is responsible for like four or five computer crashes in our household i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. that we were if 
we would have been the most hacked household of the time had oh, yeah. I, you know had that been a thing like it is now LimeWire was responsible for the one time I got ha- actually I think it was Napster it was pre LimeWire yeah it was Napster the one time that I downloaded a virus onto my computer and then following that my dad for like a good three or four months made me read the terms of service agreements for every computer program I downloaded you yeah. want to blow your brains out read some of those terms of service agreements because holy god yeah it's it's, it's probably nothing like the terms and service agreements that we get now no, now, they were still like 15 pages. I mean, yeah, but now they're so complicated and convoluted that you that you can't make make sense of anything. And it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's pretty crazy how far it's come in the last last 20 years. But this guy was definitely not your high-tech kind of killer. I mean, who uses no. who uses a 22 to murder somebody? Uh answer his brother. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you've got You've got two nine millimeters and a twenty-two. I think I'm just going to take the twenty-two, and it's like. And then also, his brother took a cassette player, <laughs> and recorded himself doing it. Did he really? Yeah. I missed that part. He took a sharper image cassette player and recorded audio of himself killing his sister-in-law. I didn't really. I didn't hear that. Yeah, and then because what he did was he. He spoke, he acted like he was speaking to another person because he was trying to set up the brother. There's like a 50-50 chance that the brother that was married to the woman, her name was Doris Angleton, that was married to Doris, um, I think his name was Bob, that he didn't have anything to do with it. But the brother was definitely trying to set him up because the brother was trying to blackmail him as well. Doris was blackmailing him through the divorce saying that if he didn't give her half of all of his money, all of the hidden money, that she was going to report him to the IRS and then he'd go to jail, which bt dubs he went to jail for tax evasion yeah and it's 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 like it's I, I i look at that situation as a testament to karma right? right because you've spent your entire career you know as a as a bookie doing illegal shit and hiding it and not reporting and whatever and reporting minimal income despite the fact that you have three million dollars in safety deposit boxes and live in river oaks in right in houston so it's, and send your kids to private school Right. And it's just like, it's it's like, dude, what did you, what did you think was going to happen? You know, because once you went, I mean, everybody, everybody gets divorced at that level. Right. It's like, it's like trading, you know, marriages at that level are like trading baseball cards when you're a kid, you know, because, because they, so to stay married, don't get rich is what you're saying. That more or less, that's kind of what it seems like. Because, or just don't marry a sociopath. But do people, do sociopaths develop over time or are they born? Mm. I, I, this is this is literally me bro sciencing the shit out of this. I've got no prior knowledge whatsoever to really anything about soci- socio sociopathology. Got that one first try. Look at me go. But it's a. I just think I, I don't know. I, is it you think that they're born? Oh, totally. Because a lot of times when you're a sociopath, they start in it like they start noticing it when they're real young. Because, like, they'll hurt other little kids at, at daycare and they don't care. Because mm. they, and really, the way that it develops is they either develop to become like an outcast where it's obvious that they don't care about anyone, or they become like this guy and like the guy from Columbine and all of the success, Ted Bundy, yeah. all the successful serial killers because they can mimic human emotion, but they don't actually have one because the only person they care about is their fucking selves. I was confused with the end 
where the the brother wrote the suicide note. Yeah, so the brother went to jail. His brother. Yeah, the brother went to jail and then like killed himself and basically said that he was blackmailing his brother and that his brother had nothing to do with it. And um, the way he died was like super terrible. It they said like he took a bunch of standard issue razors and just basically kept hacking away until it took and that's so gnarly it took a while based on what they were saying and it was just gross and i probably like purposely blocked out a couple of that because i'm not real great with that kind of stuff um it's literally death by a thousand paper a thousand guts yeah a thousand paper guts it was awful but yeah he wrote an exoneration letter and then the husband went to trial and won right yeah, well, he won. He didn't. Uh, he, he was, was not guilty, right? Right. He was exonerated of the murder, and then he walked free. And then, like five, six months later, he went back to jail for tax evasion because that's what they were able to get him on. Yes. But they're not. If you're if you're fucking up, and you have, you're not paying your taxes, and you're and you decide to kill somebody, but you just happen to not get indicted for the murder, they're gonna get you on the tax. They're gonna get you one way or another. I mean, that's how they got Capone. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's case in point. That's that's like the that's the OG standard. Like, yeah, pay your taxes or you go to jail for that instead yep. of all the murders you committed. You know who else? Tony Soprano. Not a real person. Hey, he's real enough for to me. He's real in my life. Anyway, John Gotti's another one. Uh, he went to jail for that shit. News or uh, fun fact: John Gotti the third, John Gotti's grandson, is a successful up-and-coming MMA fighter who may or may not make his UFC debut in 2019 or early 2020. Super fun fact. On top of that, he was on a reality show with his mom. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It was great. Well, he's there he's... was both sons and his mom Victoria, who is like amazing that's like, something, an amazing personality that might be something that i would want to watch and possibly cover we would have to go back into i think that was like the early 2000s and that was uh jersey shore first run they they lived in long island and like she talked about her dad a lot and then something happened her brother went to jail and some other stuff happened and the show was canceled for like no reason and then it was just never talked about and then she went on um the apprentice because she's friends with trump oh that's right Okay. Anyway, moving on. We don't need to talk about him. Uh, respect, Mr. Nope. Gotti. Oh, Mr. Gotti, yes. Yes, Mr. Gotti, all due respect. I, I thought you were talking about Trump because I was going to say nope. No. I did love that the cop said the most interesting part of this case was that when he was looking, like clearing the house, he's like, I kicked a shell case. <laughs> I walked in the door and kicked a shell casing. He, he was like, this guy's voice, like... Was could just, it be any more stereotypical no, Texan? No, could it? It really could couldn't. It, like, like honestly, he talked so slow like this, and then he had like a he had like a like a Forrest Gump kind of kind of draw to him, where he was just gonna say that you should be paying attention to when you kick the the shell casing on the ground. That's a good sign that someone's been murdered. Yeah, you think about blood. Blood works too. Yeah, really? I mean, it's... We forgot the best part of how the brother got caught, by the way. How'd he get caught? Oh, yeah, he he got caught using a fake ID in Vegas. Well, that's how they found him. But they knew where he... Because he had left the country. He had fled the state, rather. And um, he tried to get on a plane to San Diego in the 90s. With three loaded guns, two or three loaded guns, oh, that's right. and a fake ID, and then he ran out of DFW, <laughs> but somehow still got to San Diego. But hey, even in the nineties, pre nine eleven, you couldn't bring guns on a plane. Right. The only the only deal was is that you a didn't need to have a ticket to go through the airport, and b you 
their the security screenings were a joke compared to what they are today. These guys just the, these they guys, were not smart. They literally fell from the same shit tree. Yeah, like they, they dumb decisions all around. It's like who 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 does that? It just it boggles my mind that you just murdered somebody yet you're gonna walk through the airport with two nine millimeter pistols in your in your carry on. Who carries on? Who carries on with a with a loaded weapon? You're a fucking idiot. You deserve to be in jail. Yep. Well, he's dead, so there's that. But uh, hey, Brian, did you know that you can get fingerprints on cash? I did not know that. That's kind of an interesting, interesting thing. But I guess it makes sense because cash is like it's like ten percent cotton, three percent paper, Linen. something like that, yeah. and, and whatever. So I guess it makes sense. There's enough different material in there to to take it, but. What they really keyed in on wasn't so much the cash; it was the ribbons that were that were wrapping the cash. Right, um, that makes more sense. But yeah, fingerprints are fingerprints are everywhere. Don't do bad shit; they're gonna catch you. Yep. Do, 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 do. I totally forgot what I was going to say. This is my song. It's not as great as the churro song, but it, that's what happens when I forget what I was talking about. The churro song. That one, yeah. Can I get a churro? No. Yeah, no. That won't be coming back, especially because, you know, I'm going to get ready for this damn wedding and then I'm going to get some late down, you know, because I'm, I'm like a little, a little pesky porker right now. That's yeah, just, we both have to lose weight for the wedding. That's just me, though. Probably just going to happen with Brian because I'm lazy. So one thing I did have to say from a true crime aspect is the recreations or the re whatever the hell they're called, the... The reenactments. The reenactments. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. I hate those. They're the worst. They are so bad. It's like, can it's okay? It's this entire genre. Anything, anytime you have to reenact a scene that happened in real life, it's gonna suck unless it's like a Ron Howard Disney movie. You know, well, my favorite part about the the, uh, reenactments is usually they're really terrible. These were hilarious because they like kept trying not to show the face. There was a show that me and Lauren did. um, It was about the brothel that was haunted where they like just didn't care about typecasting. So all of the real people that they interviewed, like they interviewed like a white woman and then her reenactment was played by like a black girl. They just did not care. And that's been my favorite so far. But this one, they kept just like somewhat blurring out the faces, which was also great. Yeah. But yeah, reenactments across the board in the true crime genre are not great. So we kind of talked about this a little bit in the sense that why don't you like true crime? I don't like true crime. Why? I just don't. I think it's trash TV. Okay. Because I... Okay, one is the reenactments. If you're going to do it, do it well. Right. You know? It's 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 infuriating. So that's that's one part of why I think it's trash TV. I just, it's like I said earlier, it's just something that you get sucked into and you're going to waste nine, eight, you know, hours, hours and hours and hours. These shows, these shows are designed just like late night TV. These these shows are designed for late night TV and TV from 10 in the morning until 2, 33 o'clock in the afternoon. It's, it's designed for people that don't have to go to work or don't work period and sucks them in and wastes their time. That's my issue with these shows. It's ex- it's just like how late at night, if you notice, you'll you'll have sex, no, ED medication ads. You'll have the class action lawsuit ads from slipping on water. I mean, you'll the class have, action lawsuit ads run all the time. So do the ED ones. You probably right, just don't notice you, them as much until you're tired and you can't sleep and you're watching TV because you can't sleep. And it's more annoying then than it is normal day. But those ads run 24-7. 
but they run it's a fact that they run in in more frequent order late night early morning and mid morning early afternoon it's 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 a legit fact and so that bothers me um and i just don't find it that compelling i don't think like this was not an interesting murder no this wasn't this is boring of the word there are murders out there that can be covered that will blow your mind or make you think where you know you're you're driving to work the next day and you're like holy shit that was heinous this isn't one of them no and there's nothing like there's there's nothing i feel like too with the 90s with the whole decade that you can choose from they could have chose a better one right like there's a lot i mean i get not wanting to do the nicole brown oj simpson thing because like everybody did that like that's a very common well-known one i get choosing one off the beaten path what about ray carew I don't know that is. He used the first first um first football player. He played for the for the Panthers back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right when they became like an expansion team. Okay. Um and he actually got out of jail like last week. But he he was the first first round draft pick to be selected and then indicted for for murder or conspiracy to commit murder. Wow. Because he he put a hit out on his then girlfriend. And they caught the girlfriend in time and, and, and saved her and everything. And saved her. And then he ended up going to jail for 20 years. See, that would have been interesting. Or the Nets guy, the guy, um, I forget, I think his name was Jason Williams, but I could be wrong. Jason Williams, he played for the Bulls. Great story. That's a great story so to cover. He, when he got arrested, also, he was playing for the Nets. He was? Okay. I, well, think so. I, I remember him playing for the Bulls at, at some point because I was young and didn't miss a Bulls game back then. Right. But the. That's that's another good one. Where what else? Who else? I mean, I don't know. So, there's the a lot. Is, the point is, is that there's so many other stories it's that not, you can tell. It's not like the '60s and the '70s where cults were heavy, and you know, you had the Manson murders, and you had the Heaven's Gate, and and for this cult and that cult, where like you had a group of people killing people. It was more tame in that sense, but there was still a lot going on where you could have picked a better more murder. And I think they just did this one because it had ties to like. And Ron and the Bush family and like, I mean, which people and uh, it wasn't even there weren't even real ties. No, it was like it it was like let me let me take a selfie with you at some at some charity fundraiser, a pre selfie selfie. You know, yeah, it's like there's no there there's there's no compelling storyline here. It wasn't even suspenseful the entire way through. You knew immediately that the husband had something to do with it. Anytime the guy's wearing a gold watch, a pager, and a cell phone in his ear during a softball game, you know he's a shady character. Right. So, what do you, you know, what's to say? Like, I just, bottom line, I didn't find it interesting. No, I didn't really find the show interesting either. I'm probably still going to watch the next episode because I'm hoping they'll choose better cases. But that's part of the problem with true crime is if they don't choose, like, Dateline's got that down damn good. But one of the, I listened to this podcast called uh, Date Night with Dateline, which is hilarious and I love them so much. But one of the things they always talk about is who the fuck picks the pictures? Because when you're picture picking pictures of someone who died and they're not the killer, you should be picturing ones that make them look really pretty, angelic, like do, you know, do them justice. Every single photo they showed of Doris, she looked high as a fucking kite. I know. They couldn't even get the subliminal messaging correct in this show. Right. That's it, another, that, that's, thank it, you. That's another good point. Like that, pick good pictures, <laughs> you know, and it's like this whole the whole birthday party that that he threw for her, the forty thousand dollar birthday that was party supposed or whatever, to be some crazy party. Looked like the video that they showed. It looked like 
it, it looked like it was in your your local your local double hall. tree yeah, yeah. Your local double tree hall and it's like it's like dude it did look expensive though <laughs> For, well, for that time period. For that time period, yeah. yeah, I'm sure it was expensive. But, I mean, it's it's not like... It didn't seem like the guy went above and beyond. No, it did seem know? like she did not want to be there for that birthday party, though. Right. Based on the video, she looked very like, oh, thanks. Yeah. So, you know, it's just another it's another so cookie-cutter crime You crime had show. said when we were watching this, and um, this is what I was trying to make you say without me just flat-out calling you out on it, but you had made a comment when we were watching this, so part of the reason you don't like crime shows is because it gives you anxiety of what could happen. Oh, that's right. I did want to talk about this with you, too. Yeah, that, it, it, you know, you, it, you think of the... So, elaborate. Yep, elaborate. Okay, well, let me elaborate. Um, <laughs> I sure. growing growing up. I I mean, I grew up in Chicago, right? And we lived we lived three blocks from from like the borderline west west side of Chicago. Like Austin Boulevard was the was the dividing line between the suburbs and the west side. And it's you know the further you the further east sorry i had to visualize the map in my head um the further east that you went towards the lake the more and more ghetto it got until you got into cabrini greens and then you were in the projects right right so there's a whole documentary on cabrini greens which is really interesting that is something that we should cover oh god that is so good we should we should cover that for sure but basically me growing growing up i had multiple times i would come home from school and there would be somebody casing casing the house Right. And we'd see him go out the back door. Gun, you could hear gunshots. You know, every, every now and then around the neighborhood, kids would come and and you know, steal our bikes and steal shit and beat us up and and right. you know, I had a friend that I had two friends. One was was a gang initiation, and he got randomly beaten over mm-hmm. the back with a baseball bat, and the other was was a girl that I went on my first date with. Right. That got that got hit, in, you know, the mistaken identity. They they took a baseball bat and hit her in the head with it. So although we were on the nicer side of town, still pretty shit, dangerous. Shit still went down. And so growing up, I that was one of my fears was that somebody was going to break in in the middle of the night and, and murder us. Right. And it was irrational, you know, because it didn't happen and in whatever in retrospect. But it's something that I still, you know, carry with me today. So there's a really interesting article about all of that. Um, Because I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts and stuff like that. And I'm really into true crime. And for me, I've always had anxiety of, uh, I think it's more of a female anxiety, but like of getting attacked, of getting taken, of getting raped and, you know, all those terrible things. And, you know, I know most women, if not all women, walk around their head on a swivel. You know, they try to pay attention to their surroundings. They don't walk uh, to their car alone or if they are at night, they put their keys in between their their fingers so that they have a weapon. I have a taser that I walk my dog with. Like, there's just different things that I think about. And one of the reasons that I started listening to the podcast was because my anxiety was so bad. And I had read an article that, and it might be mostly for women that this is true. And that's why I think so many women listen to true crime. My mom says that women are attracted to true crime because it's essentially gossip, which she's not wrong either. She's not wrong at all. That makes complete sense. But I know that they did a whole study with a bunch of, I think it was basically just women that were pretty participate in the study that listened to true crime and actually helped dilute their anxiety because what the women take away from it is when things went wrong what they can you know 
in your own head what you can do to get out of that situation granted you'll never know how you react in a situation right and most of the time most of us just shrivel up and go oh god oh god i don't know what to do but learning the stories of survival kind of gives you that mentality of well they survived i can too and that's why I like that I Survive show. I agree, we, I have made you watch that before. I agree with you. The format on that show is a fucking joke. I Survive is a show where they go through three terrible things. Some of them are crime. Some of them are, you know, people surviving tornadoes and hurricanes and stuff like that. But they do three stories per episode. But they jump from story to story and none of the stories are related. So it kind of gets infuriating to watch. But it's a really good show. But I think I always find that interesting. So when we were watching and you said, I don't like this because it causes me anxiety. I've always been the opposite where it helps my anxiety. Because I do watch it from like a standpoint of this is how they can go away or the killer got caught. So if something does happen to me and I make the joke all the time, I'm tattooed and I make the joke and I told my mom this and my mom hates this. But I always say, well, if I ever get taken and I ever get killed, if I'm cut up into itty bitty pieces, you'll be able to identify my body because I have tattoos everywhere. To which the first time I said that, I got a smack across the head. You should. You deserve, <laughs> you, you deserve a smack across the head for that. But it, those are things I think about. And I did think about that when I got my first tattoo. Now I have an identifying marker on me. See, I I just learned how to fight. And that, that helped that helped a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm out of shape now. So it's like I, I kind of question whether or not my cardio can handle can handle like a three minute round. I can only fight like when that. I'm like superiorly rage. But, so. <laughs> but um, you know, we all have different ways of dealing with the anxiety. Right. I, I just... I, like look i said this last podcast you know and also and i firmly believe this i think that there's there's way too much bullshit negative crap out there for me to waste my time to go seek it out i it, no it, I, it, I understand that i feel like and like getting on the internet every day i feel like me oh, dodging, dodging bullets and shit on negativity because it, it's just it's pointless yeah there's nothing you can do about it we're not going to stop a murder. No, we're, we're not going to help find some some deranged killer. It's you well, know maybe you never so know why. Like why waste your time? I guess is is my is my kind of attitude towards it. And I'm sure that I'm I'm wrong. And I'm sure that a lot of you guys are gonna 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 email and message and and you know call me call us an idiot. But it is what it is. There's, it's just a difference of opinion. But it's just the differing opinion. In this house, there will be one person watching it and one person groaning that the other is watching it and walking away to play Madden. Yeah, so when you, it when, works. When you indulge, I, I play Madden or find something better to do because I can't. It just, it literally, well, it, it changes my mood. There's shows that I can't mood. watch with you. Like, I can't watch Ultimate Fighter. Talk about something that infuriates me is like grown ass men making protein drinks, whining about how something wasn't fair in a fucking fist fight. Go away. I I can't with that show. I hate the coaches. I hate Dana White. I, like that show infuriates me. Jersey Shore I can take in little tidbits, which you are all about. Jersey Shore is my guilty pleasure. It he, really is. He was watching the Cubs game on Thanksgiving and just saying it's a great time to be a Cubs fan this time of year, no, but in Polly's I'm sorry. voice. I was, it was the Bears. The Bears. And it's oh, a good sorry. time to be a Bears fan this time of year. Yeah, that. I got that for the whole Bears game. I mean, anyway. it's, it, okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not saying that my hands are completely clean in no. shitty TV it's, watching. It's just different. It's just not my, it's just when I'm going to watch shitty TV, it's going to be something that's going to make me It's just different chuckle. lanes. 
Yeah. And it's an it's an it's on an entirely different freeway. It's kind of like Xbox, right? Like when you play Xbox, you play Madden, you play Fortnite, and I play Xbox. I'm playing Batman Arkham Asylum. Like I'm not playing no game with that I can play with other people. I am playing something that is just me or Assassin's Creed. It is just me by my lonesome. Stupid, stupid scarecrow level that has just made it so I haven't played Arkham Asylum in like a year. But I hate that level. Anyway. Well, it's, you know, that was different, weird, right? different strokes, different folks, as they say. As my mom always says, the, ha- the secret to a happy marriage is two TVs. And she is not She's wrong. not wrong at all. This, cause, yeah, she's <laughs> definitely not wrong there. But So you're definitely not going to be tuning in for any more Deadliest Decade. Absolutely not. If I can avoid true crime altogether, I will. I didn't watch the OJ, the, the two OJ shows that came out on two, they different, were both terrible, on two so different networks at the same time. They were both I so bad. I just don't care. Like, you're, you're an idiot. You're in jail. You, not, you, you, you know, you you did what you did. The only OJ show that I found interesting was um, the other Oxygen or We Women's Entertainment that had an uh, episode where they had a small run series called The Jury Speaks. And they actually had members of the OJ jury talk about why they chose. That was interesting because it, it gave me a whole different light on why. You know, I, I was when the OJ thing happened, I was in fourth grade, I believe. And they all sent me during the trial when the when the verdict came they sent us out on recess all the teachers wanted to watch it they're like go outside get out of here and i'm like but no i want to see this too because my mom wants me to watch this crap and they're like go child two things that the they didn't stop that in chicago for for my schooling but they they uh they stopped teaching for two things 9 11 and john glenn being the oldest astronaut going into into space Mm-hmm. Um, those those were the two big events where they shut down school. Yeah, and rolled TVs into every into all the all the rooms, and you had the AV guy, you know, that that came in and connected it all. Nine um, eleven, they didn't stop school. Most of our I went to Catholic school, so we had block period. We only had three classes a day, and one of my classes just happened to be world religions. So we spent mm, that was a weird day. We spent the whole time talking about. Fight Club and George W. Bush. My religion teacher ended up having a mental breakdown over 9-11 and it did not go well. And he was my favorite teacher and I'm still super sad about it. But that was a weird thing that happened. And then the other two classes, we basically just went to prayer. Well, it's we were... My school... I guess the Sears Tower is so tall. Yeah. Um, that we were Oak Park was like eight ish miles. It's like the distance from South Pass to downtown LA. Okay. But I guess the Sears Tower was so tall that the rumor going around our school was, was that, that it was gonna be next. It was gonna be next and yeah. that it we were we were within the fall like the debris fall zone. So they sent you home. So they they didn't teach yeah right? and we watched it on tv until about 10 11 o'clock chicago time after the the last plane hit yeah that's when they decided to start sending us home yeah since we were still in la i think the second tower fell before i got to school yeah so it was a little bit different just timing aspect that was weird too because you found out what kids were allowed to watch tv before, before school, school and yeah. what kids weren't because the kids that weren't were very happy and we had a couple weird things happen that day we had people pulled out of class and I, my mom i woke up and you know growing up my every day as as my mom got ready for work she watched good morning america yes yeah, same and she was watching it 
on 9-11-2001 live when the when the planes hit and when the <sighs> first plane hit i was getting up for school and she she you know brian come here come here come here and you know i, I went running in and and i sat there and we watched it and then it was time for me to go to school went to school second plane hits right and you know we're watching it we're watching it live there too so it was you know it, it was you there was there was a vibe around the city right. that this was real shit going down that needed to be paid attention to. And even in my third grade, third grade, third grade, fourth grade, third or fourth grade mind, it was 2001. 2000, we were I was 11. Yeah. So, so third grade. Seventh grade. No, third grade. Seventh grade was 14. Eighth, eighth grade was 14. Seventh I was grade, 14 13. when I went to high school. Okay. Well, I wasn't, but it was it's uh when did you graduate whatever i graduated in 2007 i was 17 when i graduated i didn't turn 18 until like two days after i graduated but the age difference is real people (laughs) yeah i mean there's a couple years between us not that i mean it's not that big but there is a couple years things get confusing so it was it's just one of those you know one of those things where like it felt it it felt very similar to all the interviews and videos that we saw about Pearl Harbor. Yeah, and, and that's why I think one of the first things that somebody of an older generation said to me was, this is your generation's Pearl Harbor. And I was like, uh, cool. We didn't want one. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> but no thanks. Can you turn it, Can you send it back? We were good uh, living in our perfect little weird world of like not fully understanding desert storm and like you know because america we didn't give a shit no we really i was i was old enough to realize that we literally just didn't care about anything pre 9-11 and then as soon as 9-11 hit everybody's butthole got real puckered up and everybody got real tense and now you yeah now you have what our society 2018 anyway Uh, i don't want to talk about 2018 i don't really want to talk about 9-11 either (laughs) this is some this took a turn this took a turn that we did not want to go down it's it's you know it is what it is we blame the oxygen network or the id network id network yeah the id network um so you are definitely not going to keep watching. Absolutely not. I'm 50-50. It's something I have to watch on demand, which means I have to watch commercials, so I'm probably not going to keep watching. Do you have any recommendations for this week? Um, no. We keep watching Godfriend and Me. We finish it every time and go, next week it's going to jump the shark. Yeah. It's literally, <laughs> this, that's our new game. It's like, we, we guess mid-episode how it's going to jump the shark in this episode. Um, and then it doesn't. And, and then it doesn't. We're and real happy. happy about that. And it's and it's it's still a great show. Still yeah. love it. So God Friended Me is one, you know, watch a Bears game. It's a good time to be a Bears fan. You know, <laughs> it, it's been a long time. 2010 since we've been been in this this good of a position. I'm so and, getting uh, him a Jay Cutler jersey Aaron Rogers, for Christmas. Aaron Rodgers, you're, uh, you're a bitch. Mm. Sorry, miss. He has feelings about Aaron Rodgers. I was recommended a true crime show called Missing. It's three seasons. The first season was about Maura Murray. Second season was about somebody else. And the third season is airing right now. And it's about Phoenix Cauldron, which I think, and I'm probably not saying that name right at all. I think there's a podcast about that too. Um, Could be interesting. I haven't watched it yet, but that was a recommendation to me. And then I wanted to tell you, we got an email today. We got like our first real email to our made me watch this at gmail.com account. So which one of our friends sent it? It's not our friends. Okay. I don't think. If it is, our friends have weird. It's not our parents? No, it's not our parents. Just curious. (laughs) Miss keeps telling me that she, one of my friends, uh, Miss, she keeps telling me that she's going to email us recommendations and then she just texts them in the group chat and then I forget about them. So you should really email us, dude. We got an email from someone named Alex Velasquez. What up, Alex? 
Yeah, Thank you for listening. He's not real. <laughs> he's not real? <laughs> no. How do you know he's not real? Well, he told us that he liked our artwork and he's trying to buy something for his wife and he'd like to commission us to do an artwork. Commission us to do an artwork for yeah. what? Like a, a like a painting. A painting of our logo or what? I have a paint. It has nothing to do with us. It was total spam. Like it read like one of those like if you do this for me, I'll send you this money, but I need your routing account first type uh, of things. It's it's the Niger- Nigerian prince emails. Sort of, but hey, make me a piece of art. Which if you've looked at our logo, we can't There's, do. You're you're in no danger of getting anything artistic out of either of us. No, I was banned from craft time in my sorority, and I just don't have the attention span. Nope, ADHD is real, y'all. So I thought that was funny. I thought you'd appreciate that. That is, that is pretty funny. Mildly frustrating, but it is just funny. Yeah, so um, send us a real email, guys. Don't send us a scam email about some weird artwork we don't do. Yeah, and actually, you know, show us some love so that we know that there's that you're you're out there. That you exist and you love us. Because we love you. Even mm-hmm. though we don't know that you exist, there's no living proof just at this given juncture in time. We still love you. And we're sorry that our our podcast this week took a weird turn to nine eleven. Yeah, this is that's that's my new thing. I'm gonna take this turns turn by turn, and we're going no GPS down this bitch. Yeah. Anyway. So, do you have a song to say goodbye? I have a song. No, I don't have a song. I'm good. There's been something that like the last two episodes I've been wanting to recommend and then I can't think of it and then we stop recording and like two hours later I'm like, fuck, I wanted to recommend this. Was it the churro song? No, but that pretzel was basically a churro and it was delicious. That pretzel did look pretty good. He was like, did you want the pretzel bites? You get more. I'm like, no, give me the pretzel. I mean, I would have taken both. You know, rate, subscribe, review, send us email, maybe we watch this at gmail.com. Follow us on social. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, that's kind of where we're most active, our Twitter and our Facebook page. We kind of suck at Instagram. But give us some love. Tell us what to watch. And thank you guys for listening. Have a good night. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been really fun. <laughs>